Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for June 24th, 2019. Um, this is uh, the time we get together every week to talk about CircuitPython and everything uh, surrounding it. I'm Katni. I am sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python that runs on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Um, CircuitPython development is sponsored by Adafruit, so please support them by purchasing hardware from uh, adafruit.com. Um, take a look there and check it out if you want to get started with CircuitPython. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to get started, um, and Adafruit can help you out with that. Uh, this meeting is recorded. We host it in the Discord, uh, the Adafruit Discord, um, and in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython audio channel. So both audio and the Discord text um, channel are recorded, uh, and the video will go up on YouTube once it's done. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, we also are podcasts. Um, so if you want to, would you rather listen to it, um, check out on most podcast services. Please let us know if we're missing any. Um, if your favorite podcast service does not host this podcast, uh, let us know. So you can join Discord uh, anytime. We are there all week uh, at adafru.it slash Discord. Um, you can join up and come to the CircuitPython text channel uh, or the help with CircuitPython text channel, depending on what your situation is. And uh, we're there all week. So this meeting happens uh, every Monday, typically, um, at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And unless there's a U.S. holiday, in which case it gets moved or skipped. Uh, and if you want to know uh, about those events, uh, please let us know and we can add you to the CircuitPythonistas role on Discord. And we tag once or twice a week uh, just to let you know um, about the weekly and about the notes doc. So there is a document that has all the notes from the weekly. So if you are more interested in reading it, um, instead of watching it, you can also do that. It will be linked in the uh, YouTube video, the bottom of the YouTube video, and there is a, it's all up on GitHub. Um, so you can go back and read previous notes as well. Uh, and also there are timestamps throughout the notes. So if you scan through the notes and you find something interesting that you do want to watch on YouTube, um, you can scrub to that point and listen to the things that are most important to you. This meeting is held in five sections. The first section is community news, where we talk about uh, things that are going on in the community surrounding Python and CircuitPython, um, all on hardware. Uh, the next section is state of CircuitPython and libraries, where we do a statistical overview of the entire project, including the core and the libraries. Next section is hug reports, where we uh, take the opportunity to call people out for doing something good. Um, the next section is status updates, where everyone takes a couple minutes to talk about what they've been doing over the last week and what they will be doing over the next week. Uh, it's an opportunity to um, sort of sync up and also to get tips and tricks from others if you're running into any issues. And the last section we lovingly call In the Weeds, which uh, is an opportunity for more long-form discussions that may be too much for status updates. Um, if you have any ideas for In the Weeds, please post them to the CircuitPython text chat anytime during the meeting and or put them in the notes and we will um, get to them when we get to the end. Um, if you are ever interested in um, not so much attending because you can't make it to the meeting but you would like your status updates or hug reports read off, you can always add them to the notes doc when it's posted to the CircuitPython channel and we will read them off. Um, if you are lurking and you are just listening in, please let us know. Um, and so we will skip over you when we go through um, status reports are, uh, and hug reports and status updates, rather. So the first thing we have is community news. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Phil. Thanks, Katni. Absolutely. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. You sound excellent because we have a ton of boosts on our server. So thank you everyone who did this. Um, it means we have 300 and, sorry, 256K audio. If we get to 50, we get the 384. I don't know if that's actually gonna make a difference, but um, there was a, a sound quality update, which is really nice. So thank you everyone who did that. Uh, Teardown was this weekend. So um, I'll do some, some hug report style things and more. Thank you, Melissa, for tweeting the 
interesting circuit python and python running hardware from teardown and all sorts of things um it's in the newsletter this week's newsletter is our biggest python on hardware newsletter in uh, as long as we've been doing it as far as content photos videos news and everything that's going on in fact there could be even more but we eventually have to stop and ship it so that'll be um tomorrow morning and that's the link i just put in the chat uh reminder the folks at microsoft they're dedicating a bunch of resources to making Python on hardware easier and better. And so they have um, their summer interns and some of their Visual Studio Code staff working on just doing that. So how do you get CircuitPython, MicroPython, other forms of Python on hardware to work better and easier with Visual Studio? Mm -hmm. So take the survey and say how you use um, Visual Studio and how you would like to use it with uh, Python on hardware. Uh, today, we had to wake up super early because the Raspberry Pi 4 came out and we had one. And we are pleased to report it'll be running Blinkist shortly. So that's neat. But when they release uh, their morning in the UK, it's like our early morning. And then like half the internet went down because of an AWS outage. So it was a fun morning. <laughs> uh, next up, this is what I'm most excited about this week. Um, we have the guide for the Python Choose Your Own Adventure. We're also calling it Piper Card. Uh, David Stell's worked on this. Uh, I wanted to do this guide, but as usual, it's like I could I could work at a company and have a bunch of guide writers. It's just it's hard for me to write guides. But I had a demo, I had a prototype, and it and it works good. And Dave did the documentation, so you can finally do your own choose choose your own adventures or HyperCard style things with CircuitPython. Um, I think over the weekend there was some type of Twitter choose your own adventure where you get to be Beyonce's assistant. And I think think that would be a nice one too, or that you can put on the Pi portal. Like you have to decide if Beyonce wants something. You have to click like, yes, I will go to the gym, or no, I will go out and have fun. Um, so that uh, if you have interactive fiction or choose your own adventure things you want to do, the constraints of a device are really nice. So check that out. Um, Circuit Python had a bunch of stories in the latest Hackspace. I just put those links up and a link to the PDF. Uh, ben, the editor in chief, had a really neat Circuit Python, Circuit Playground Express, multifunction board, uh, sorry, multifunction uh, uh, USB connected game controller. Uh, check that out. I think this. I think there was a lot of crowd supply um, things that went live. There was the giant board that's a feather format. That mm -hmm. was released at Teardown, and then also um, there's a, a Circuit Python powered hub. And for me, I have like a collection of things that run Circuit Python, so it's getting even more interesting. Like here's a hub, and then here's this other thing. So you could check that out. And then um, two last things for community. A couple events came in. So Circuit Python Day is 8 8 2019. So we have a Circuit Python meetup in India. And that's at the Delhi Technical University for Women on August 4th. And we also have one in New York City. And that's going to be at NYC Resistor, getting started with programming on microcontrollers on August 3rd. Uh, this week on our shows, we have Naomi from the Python Software Foundation. We have Nina from Microsoft, who's known for um, her keynotes and more with Python on hardware. Mm -hmm. So this week will be an exciting week, too. And thus concludes community news for the week. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you. All right. Next up is the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. Uh, this is a statistical overview of the uh, entire project. We start with uh, an overall look at it, then we uh, go into the core, and then we'll talk about the libraries separately. Um, so let's see. Overall, we had 20 pull requests merged by nine authors. Um, D. Halbert, uh, D. Estelles, Barbador, C47D, Deshipu, K uh, Carter, Scott, C.P. Forbes, and Brent. Um, and six reviewers, uh, Dan Halbert, Lady Ada, Scott, uh, The Kitty, myself, and Jerry. Uh, so thanks everybody who was involved with that. Um, we had 17 issues closed by nine people and 11 opened by eight people. So we are net down overall, which is great. Um, overall, 4.0.1 stable has been out for a while and has been pretty solid. Uh, 4.1.0 beta was released with some serious speedups and many have been testing it successfully. We're working on adding more display fixes and features and new Bluetooth features. Uh, 4.1.0 beta could become 4.1.0 stable very soon. 
there are a few other fixes that need to go in. And the BLE stuff, uh, the Bluetooth stuff, will probably be a 5x beta because the APIs will change. Um, so please keep testing your projects and let us know how they work. Um, that's the best way right now for you to help us out um, is finding any kind of bugs and that sort of thing in this code. And um, if you have existing projects that you were using on 4.0.1, um, let us know if they're sped up on 4.1.0 because that is uh, was our goal. And um, so far, all the feedback has been that it's been great. Um, there's a lot of activities on the libraries, which is great. If you're looking to help out, consider looking into the library PRs and issues, see if anything looks interesting. Uh, feel free to ask any questions. We can definitely help you get started. So now I would like to talk about the core. So we had eight pull requests merged by five authors and two reviewers. We currently have six open pull requests. Uh, those are listed in the notes. There were 10 closed issues by five people and four open by two people. So we're net down on the core, leaving 179 open issues. Uh, we currently have six active milestones. The important ones are 4.1.0, there's one open issue. Um, 4X has uh, 36 open issues on features. Uh, 4XX has four open issues for bug fixes. Um, 5X has two open issues. And then we have the five issues not assigned to a milestone, um, which we need to make sure that we avoid uh, because they can get missed if they're not um, if they're not tagged with a milestone. So please make sure that if you file an issue, um, if you have the ability to tag it to a milestone, please do. If you do not, please let us know um, that you filed an issue so we can make sure that that gets added. So we have download stats by board, which I will not go over individually, but 4.0.1 Sable for the last week has 5,074 downloads and 4.1.0 beta zero has 210. Um, in terms of downloads by language, uh, we have uh, mostly uh, U.S. English, but behind that is um, French, uh, German, Pirate, uh, Spanish, um, and uh, the spread is about the same for 4.1.0 beta. So next we'll talk about the libraries. Uh, so we had 12 pull, requ pull requests merged by four authors and four reviewers. Uh, with uh, 31 open pull requests at the moment. Um, some of these are long-term, some of them are more recent. Um, feel free to take a look at those, like I said. Um, they're in the notes and also um, available on circuitpython.org, which I will talk about in a moment. There were seven closed issues by five people and seven open by six people, so we are net, net zero change on that for 109 open issues. Um, the list of issues and pull requests and uh, all sorts of stuff is available on circuitpython.org slash libraries slash contributing. If you are interested in getting started with CircuitPython, it's an excellent place to look. Um, there are a few sections there. One is the open pull requests. One is open issues, which is spread across all of the library repos and is organized as such. Um, so you can pick something you're interested in and take a look at that. And then also there are library infrastructure issues. We have a uh, standard for how we want to keep the libraries uh, to make it much easier for maintaining. And uh, as we adapt that standard, uh, earlier libraries uh, will not fit it. And so there is a list of um, issues that are library level issues, um, not so much issues with the code per se. So all of that stuff is available there. Um, if you have any questions about getting started, need, need any help with Git or GitHub, um, feel free to ping us in the CircuitPython chat, and we are always willing to uh, help you out with that. Um, we have uh, one new library, the PYOA, which is the Choose Your Own Adventure library. And I will quickly read the list of updated libraries because again, it is short this week. Uh, the BME 280, the MLX 90393, the TSL 2561, the MPL 3115A2, and HID. Um, so those are all the libraries that have been either added or changed in the last seven days. And that concludes the state of CircuitPython and the libraries. So next up is Hug Reports. Hug Reports is an opportunity to call people out for doing something good, which doesn't happen enough. Um, we actually snagged this from an internal uh, Adafruit meeting bit um, 
it's our counter to bug reports basically the idea is uh you just if somebody did something cool did something good during the week um feel free to call them out for it uh it's a chance to be supportive and a chance to just you know give people recognition for the things that they are doing it will go in a round robin i will start as um as an example and then we'll go down the list alphabetically if people are lurking or text only um i will be reading off and, and they have something in the notes, I will be reading off their um, entries uh, as we go through alphabetically. And once we reach the bottom, we'll loop back to the top, um, etc. and uh, work through it that way. So I will start. Um, so I want to give a hug report to maker Melissa for letting me bounce ideas about PyBadger off of her and also providing feedback. Um, been working through that and uh, obviously having more than one set of eyes on any given piece of code, especially when it's something that's going to be used um, heavily is, is good because multiple viewpoints on it uh, make for better code. I want to say thanks to Radomir for helping with implementing buttons properly in PyBadger. Uh, the way I had them implemented was incorrect. It would actually clear any of the previous button presses. Uh, which is not good because you may need to store multiple button presses. Um, I want to say thanks to Roy for helping with writing the debug I squared C library, which is to say writing the debug I squared C library. Um, we took the debug statements out of um, de out of bus device and we needed to re-add them. I'll explain that in a bit. Um, but thank you for that. And then thank you to Melissa again for testing the debug I squared C on Raspberry Pi with Blinka. Um, I want to say thanks to Phil for PyBadger Graphics. Uh, the library that I am writing, I named PyBadger, as it is a uh, combination library for PyBadge and PyGamer, and now I have a purple badger as a mascot for my library, which is super exciting. Um, hug report to Melissa and Scott for being CircuitPython at Teardown. Uh, thanks for being there and uh, documenting all that. And then uh, another hug to the community moderators on Discord for keeping up with everything. Um, I usually, by the time there's an issue, I go to take a look at it and it's already been taken care of, which is amazing. You guys are totally rocking it out. And that is my hug report. So next up, um, Luslev, are you lurking or do you have hug reports? I am going to assume lurking. All right, next up is M Melissa, who has notes in the document but is lurking, so I will read those off. Scott for his awesome talk that he gave at Teardown. Uh, Katney, myself, for her work on PyBadger. Light for finishing up testing on the Pocket Beagle. Grogard for finally getting his giant board launched. And a group hug to so many awesome people that I met at Teardown. Okay, Michelle is lurking. Uh, Nathan Robinson, are you lurking? Going to assume yes. Ah, excellent. Okay, um, S Light, do you have any hug reports? As light as typing. Ah, lurking. Excellent. Okay. That means next up is Sedacious. Hey, uh, I just have a group hug to the mods for being awesome and helping address uh, things that came up in the past week and just for making the Adafruit Discord a happy place to be, a place that you would not mind taking grandma to. And um, yeah, in general, just helping out, make things awesome. Thanks. All right, excellent, thank you. Um, so I have some notes from Summersoft who is not here, so I will read those off. Uh, Arturo 182 for getting time to come back and the work on that sweet handheld. Uh, to Scott and Melissa for representing at Teardown and a group hug. And uh, T. Joeing, are you lurking as well? Or do you have hug reports?
going to guess lurking. All right. That means next up is Scott, who is not here. So I will read off uh, his hug reports. Thank you, Melissa, for highlighting all the awesome things she saw at Teardown on Twitter. Crowd Supply for hosting Teardown and everyone I met and chatted with. Galen for driving us both down to Portland from Teardown. And everyone for continuing to be awesome so I can step away. All right. And that means next up is AT Makers Bill. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are so, you? Good. So um, first, Dan uh, Dan Halbert did a ton of work trying to uh, get the AAC devices, the little talkers working, um, and uh, we saw some issues. But it wouldn't it wouldn't have launched if he hadn't uh, spent the time he did. So thanks on that. Um, for Lamore and whoever else helped make the the Pi portal, it is a speech device in a box, so it made that possible. And then last weekend, I was at NomCon in Chattanooga. And uh, twice something went horribly wrong, and I was able to pull out a circuit Python, a circuit playground with circuit Python on it, and, and just fix it. So we had a um, uh, Christine Getman from Magic Wheelchair was going to present and couldn't advance her own slides, and I was able to just very quickly make a capacitive touch button for her. Uh, she has SMA. I have a video on that out there, and then the Magic Wheelchair reveal like a half an hour before the reveal the lights broke and no. I was literally able to just hook the lights up, make them blue. Yeah. They're not fancy and they're not going with the music, but I was able to just do it in about 10 minutes. So that was awesome. Excellent. That's, I guess that's a group hug. I just said circuit Python. I didn't know, didn't know group hugs were a thing. That's, that's all good. Circuit Python hugs are also excellent. Yeah. All right. Thanks Bill. Um, next up is Carter. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, big one to Jerry N for reviewing a couple of PRs I was able to make last week. He got right on those. And another ongoing huge one to Lady Ada for always finding cycle time to get up to She's all over the place. Not sure how she does it. That's it. All right. Thanks very much. Next up is Charles, who is text only today. So I will read that off. Uh, group General group hug to all. All right, Cristela is lurking. So next up is Dan. Hi. Hello. So um, thanks to uh, Lady Ada for uh, working on uh, uh, a Python version of Logo Turtle, which is great. We should have done that a long time ago, and it's the, yet another fills out the portfolio of what you can do with Python. Thanks to B Meisels for noticing an issue. Uh, they had a um, a custom board with four NeoPixels on it that was running NRF with an NRF 52 and it wasn't working right. It would only work with one pixel, not four. And it turned out there was a bug in the NRF NeoPixel code. So they noticed that and we were able to fix it really quickly. Uh, thanks to Scott for another speed up of display. He noticed that there was a, a delay that was one millisecond that should have been one microsecond. Uh, so that sped up another aspect of a certain display. And then thanks to um, CP Forbes for uh, putting in a pull request for a request that someone else made, which was when we create, when we reformat the CircuitPy drive, it would be nice if it had a an empty lib directory. Uh, maybe that was your idea, Kenny, I can't remember. But that now there is an empty lib directory there, so you don't have to make it yourself. You Excellent. Just dump things in it. Okay, that's it. All right. Um, JP, are you lurking? Ah, excellent. Okay. Um, next up is Toshipu, who has no mic today, so I will be reading that off. Uh, to Arturo182 for a sweet feather wing and exercising display IO a bit. Uh, next up is Jerry. Um, yeah, hi, everyone. Uh, it's a, thanks to Dan and Lady Ada for helping me understand. Uh, what turned out to be a non-issue with the Pi Portal I2C, but uh, there was a, a lot of back and forth and, uh, and discussion. It was really helpful. Um, and and Dave Astell's for the new uh, Adventure Library it's, and and his quick response to some some simple suggestions. It was really fun to play with. Excellent. All right, and that is Hug Reports. Uh, next up is Status Updates. Uh, status updates is an opportunity for you to talk about what you've been doing over the past week, 
what you're going to do over the next week and possibly get tips and tricks from others on any questions that you have. Um, anything that makes more sense as a long form discussion will uh, make more sense in the weeds, which is the next uh, and last section of the meeting. So if you think of anything that uh, works for in the weeds, please post it to the text chat or the notes doc and we will um, circle back to it when we get to it. Um, status updates is actually how this whole meeting started. Um, it was initially uh, between uh, Scott, Dan, and I before I joined Datafruit um, as an opportunity for Scott and Dan to sync up uh, on what was going on with CircuitPython. And it evolved into this amazing community group meeting, um, which is fantastic. So uh, we still um, have our happy status updates. Uh, so I will start once again. It will go in around Robin alphabetically once again. Um, if you are text only, please uh, post either in the notes doc or in the text chat and I will read it off um, alphabetically. And for those that have notes in the um, in the notes doc and are lurking, I will be reading those off as well as we go. So first things first, uh, time codes. Um, so uh, last week uh, I updated the ink guide with a new pinouts diagram. We have a community member who's been doing some really fancy pinouts diagrams for various boards for us. And so we've been slowly updating the guides with those uh, as they come in. I did a fritzing object for the 4H CPX, um, which was a bit of a beast uh, and ended up needing help with that one, but got that sorted and then did a motor bonnet fritzing. So we have the object for that and then updated the motor bonnet guide um, or the motor kit guide with the bonnet. Um, all the code's the same, so we just needed to put images up of it. Tested the EPD update on the 2.13 inch e-ink display. The fill issue is still present. Um, when you do fill for um, rectangles, it does every other line, so it's just a series of lines instead of a full rectangle, and it's only on the 2.13 inch. It's not an issue with EPD, it's an issue with something talking to that particular piece of hardware. Uh, so the debug bus device thing was that uh, bus device is frozen into a lot of builds and there was debug print statements optional, um, optionally available there and it was taking up a lot of space. Uh, and space is something that is a hot commodity um, on the smaller boards. So we opted to remove it. However, uh, having debug capabilities is... An excellent idea. So the first thought was to create a wrapper of bus device that had the debug stuff in there, um, which because of the way the debug stuff works, got super complicated and ended up being, we just ended up duping the whole library, which is a terrible idea for maintenance purposes, because you have to remember to update both if you ever update bus device. So we scrapped that in favor of debug I squared C, which is actually a wrapper of the base I squared C code um, instead of the next level up, which is bus device. Uh, so it's a, it's a Python library and you, um, you, the way you use it is you, uh, import it and then you pass the, um, I squared C object. So when you create the I squared C object with the pins, um, you pass it into debug I squared C. And then as you, um, as there's any traffic or, you just, you know, you, you write your code to do whatever, and then there's traffic. It, it all prints out um, the debug hex stuff to the REPL. Um, so uh, so we, it, now it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wrapper of I squared C, which is its own deal, um, and implementing and maintaining it will be much simpler. Um, plus, it actually has more information than the other one did, and if we need more information than is currently in there, we can always add more at a later date. Uh, so, um, got a lot of help with writing that up, got that tested. Um, it works, uh, just need to document it. And in creating that, realized that perhaps we should have a debug SPI as well, which we never had in bus device. Um, but Melissa said would be a great idea for work on displays, which she's doing a lot of. So I have attempted to tackle debug SPI, which is to say, um, I didn't write debug I squared C. So, uh, this is me hoping that I learned something from going through debug I squared C after it was written. Um, and we'll see, I haven't tested it yet, but it is written. So hopefully that works. And then, uh, I'll document that and get it out. And those will both be two new libraries. Uh, available for um, debugging purposes. Uh, 
um, as well last week, uh, Pie Badger. Um, it's a wrapper library for uh, Pie Badge and Pie Gamer, which uh, makes using all the main functions, accelerometer, buttons, NeoPixels, all that stuff, super easy to use. And also has a badge, like auto badge creation functionality. It's going to have auto QR generation functionality um, and also like a business card basically where you press a button and it shows a picture of your face and your email address or something to that effect. Um, and implemented um, the buttons initially wrong and then implemented them properly. Um, implemented an auto dimming feature where if the accelerometer is not moving, it dims the um, it dims the uh, screen, so it's using less battery. So if you set it down and you're not using it, it'll dim it um, to whatever setting you decide to set it to. And then over the weekend, uh, I worked on my keynote. For those of you that don't know, I was invited to uh, be the opening keynote for Pi Ohio, which is a regional Python conference at the end of July in, held in Columbus, Ohio. Um, so <clears throat> the closer I get to that, um, the more I will be working on that. But right now it's in early stages. Um, so I still am dealing with uh, the outline, essentially. Um, but it should be, should be a lot of fun, if not terrifying. So this week, uh, Library Monday, which I always say, but really it's library all the time. Um, so if there's anything that I've missed, any PRs, um, that sort of thing, please feel free to tag me. If I haven't responded to you in 24 to 48 hours um, and it's something that you need my input on, I am not offended if you tag me again. Things do slip uh, and I miss things uh, and sometimes do not know to go back. Um, I need to... <clears throat> Sorry, need to add Pi Ohio to the newsletter for upcoming events. Uh, finish documenting debug I squared C. Test and document debug SPI and or rewrite it if it's wrong. Um, there was an issue with implementing the QR code stuff because the example code was not updated to match the CircuitPython updates. Um, so uh, Lamore actually updated the mini QR example and I need to test that and then uh, have the opportunity to implement that in PyBadger. So continue work on PyBadger, uh, the business card function, and the QR code support are the next two things. Um, I need to file an issue on the CircuitPython repo for a safe mode crash into the hard fault handler, which I by default assumed was me, but once I mentioned it, was told that it was probably not me. Um, I have a piece of code that pretty reliably uh, reproduces a safe mode crash. Um, and so I need to file an issue on that. We have a new pinouts diagram for the MCP9600, so I need to update that guide. Um, still sitting on blog posts and photo processing from PyCon. And then a couple other guide things uh, that I need to do um, at some point, but those are lower priority than the rest. And that is what's going on with me. Uh, next up is maker Melissa, who is lurking. So I will read off... Uh, her notes. Last week, added a bunch of Raspberry Pi boards to Blinka, cleaned up the Arduino Feather OLED library, added Dragonboard 410C to Blinka, spent the weekend at Teardown 2019. This week, test Orange Pi R1 SPI in UART, write Dragonboard 410C guide, write up some Raspberry Pi stuff, and attending brunch with Hackaday on Monday morning and driving back after. So we have a bunch of lurkers. And I believe that means next up is Sedacious. Howdy, howdy. So last week, I got the DS3502 guide as done as it can be for now, because we're waiting on the final hardware to do diagrams and uh, you know stuff like that. Um, I also uh, did the download page for the Airlift Shield um, for the guide that uh, Brent was doing. and. Uh, as part of that, got the fritzing object done and then a couple of the other diagrams for the downloads page. Uh, I tested Rev-A of the OLED friend that we're using to test some new OLED panels. Um, it was not working. I made it work. And with Lamar's help, we got a Rev-V out to uh, the fab for testing. Um, 
Similarly, uh, we spun up a new rev for the DS3502 that uh, adds um, quick connectors to make uh, connecting via I2C a little bit easier and move some things around, added some widgets, and I have a cat meowing at me. Um, there he is. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else did I do? Uh, I made some progress on a super secret personal project that will be revealed at some point in time in the future, most likely. Uh, let some smoke out in the process, but actually got it working to my um, to my content enough that I can get started on a new rev and uh, get going on that. Nice. Uh, so next week I am working on, um, or rather this week I guess um, I'm working on a footprint for a uBlocks Wi-Fi module that may or may not be showing up in the future. Um, I am also working on the VCNL 4040 drivers. Uh, I got to. Arduino driver to do more work on, and then possibly some tweaks to the CircuitPython driver as well. Um, that's a topic that we will return to at uh, when we get to in the weeds, hopefully. Uh, and then also, um, hopefully, but probably not, but hopefully I'll get um, RevB hardware for the DS3502 and OLED friends to get spun up and test sometime this week. But we'll see how fast it comes. And that's it for me. Excellent. Thanks. Next up is Summersoft, who is lurking, so I will read off his notes. Uh, Rosie Pie, Rosie App, at a point now that I need to start moving dev to the Raspberry Pi. Spent the last few days setting up uh, of Ansible playbooks, which will be used in a pull fashion to both initially and continually keep the Raspberry Pi up to date. Excellent. Um, Tammy is lurking. Next up is Scott, who is also not here, so I will be reading off his notes as well. Tear down this past weekend. Video of talk is here. There is a link in the notes. Um, connected with lots of great folks, and I'm looking forward to growing our community. Driving back from Portland on Monday morning. Want to release a new beta this week. Light week overall to get caught up with things, including normally weekend house tasks. And... That means that we are with, uh, next up is Bill. Oh, again. Hello. So, um, we are, it, we are actually uh, out of the weeds with the camp, uh, AAC devices. Uh, we still have some problems there that I need to feed back in as issues. Uh, we've seen some SD card corruption, uh, and I actually saw the entire circuit pie file system just disappear one day. Um, mm. these are not being handled gently. They're being thrown down slides and stuff. Uh, but those were the two things that I didn't. I expect, like, wires to come loose, but those two surprised me. Um, so I'll turn those in. Um, we are, I'm working on cleaning up a XAC fork. Um, we're still getting pushback from Microsoft on delaying uh, on them. We'll get to it soon is still the answer from Microsoft on fixing some issues on their um, firmware. So I, I need to actually get this done and out. Um, so I will work on that first. And then I'm really at the point where I'm just ready to just ship the guide for the hand raiser so we can say that it's done. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking for Mac testing and, and I'm not, we're not going to get that done. So I may cut some of that section, but otherwise I think the guide's ready. So if Mike B is okay with it, um, I'd like to get that out and pushed. Okay. Sounds good. All right, uh, next up is Carter. Yeah, I got a, a couple PRs in that fix some minor lingering I2C related things on a couple sensors, um, MPL3 something something, MLX, all they all have just fun numbers and whatnot. Um, and a couple more lingering of the same things in terms of what we'll be working on in the future. So just all kind of like low level nothing hugely breaking i2c quirky kind of things and most of them are kind of on linux um possibly an in the weeds discussion we'll see and that's it all right thanks uh next up is charles who is lurking but has notes so i will read them off i uh, got my breath controller integrated with the helm software synth i'm trying to create a demo song all right, uh, and that means next up is Dan. Okay, so as I mentioned, um, there was a bug in the NRF 
low-level NeoPixel write routine, and it was just a, a, an error in the calculation of the size of a piece of storage. So that was fixed. Um, Make Code Arcade is doing some work on PyBad, so we needed a new release of the bootloader. I did that over the weekend. I'm I finished BLE scanner code, and also that caused a lot of cleanup to happen internally in the BLE code. And I'm now working on BLE Central, and the idea is that it should be able to support a sort of minimum functionality uh, BLE UART, which is what we already have implemented. Um, on the peripheral side. So in BLE, there's central and peripheral. Those are the two different things that talk to each other. And a peripheral is usually a, a small device and a central is often a host computer or a phone or something, but that doesn't have to be that way. So um, I think I will try to make a release, uh, some kind of alpha or beta release um, as soon as central sort of works. Uh, and then the next steps after that are to work on BLE HID, probably. So, um, but the idea is to also have people try out the API. The lower level API will change somewhat, and then there will also be some Python wrappers that will hide the details, the ugly details of the lower level API. Okay. Thanks, Dan. All right, Dave is lurking. So next up is Deshipu, who I will read off. All right, uh, ported the jumper wire game to display IO on Pygamer. Uh, there is a link in the notes there. Some feedback from that, uh, which has a link as well for Hackaday. And then also ported the bouncing balls demo, planned to, planning to write a guide on that. Fantastic. And that means next up is Jerry. Hi. Um, yeah, a couple of fun little things this week. And uh, one was a, a very confusing issue that came up on the Pi portal when you plug a, an I2C device in on the default setting, which has five volts going out on the I, the JST connectors uh, VCC pin. And um, it's been an issue that's come up a few times in the past, and people have had some issues with ITC, but the, the sensors generally work. Um, but this person noticed that the, when they did this, the real-time clock stopped. And uh, so really started questioning and looking into it more. And after a lot of discussion and troubleshooting and testing and talking with Dan and, and Lady Ada, the basic resolution is don't do that. You really, if you're going to use I2C, I2C, you should set the voltage to three volts. And, um, and that's now more clearly documented in the guide. So I think that will help a lot. Excellent. And it's not an issue on some of the future boards. It's, it, there's been some redesign of the circuit to make it more adaptable. Um, and then uh, there was an issue that came up with the Seesaw that others may, may want to keep an eye out for if you're seeing some new funny behavior. Uh, as part of that testing, I was playing with the, with the five volt thing. I thought I broke one of my sensors because it started to it wasn't working anymore. It had been working a week week ago, and then all of a sudden it just was giving really, really funny results, and I just didn't understand it at all. So after, this is one of the little soil, stem of soil sensors. The temperature value was just crazy. So after a lot of head scratching and, and debugging of that, I found out that all that had to be done was that a slight increase in the delay for the I2C read to the seesaw had to be added in for the temperature read. And it turns out that we think, at least my guess, um, is that the recent speed-ups and everything have contributed to that. And so that now things are running so much faster, uh, especially on like the M4, that there need to be a little bigger delay. So just a heads up to keep an eye out for it, and, and I, that is fixed for the Seesaw. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, and then I, I started playing with, I have a couple of uh, the little TFT feather wings. So on one, I have an M4 Express, and one, I have an NRF 52840. And, and I'd noticed some clearly different responses, you know, the way they respond to screen updates, especially running the slideshow. And so I decided to do a little more testing of that and um, found that clearly there is a difference. Well, the new the new speedups make a huge difference, and they're so much better. But even even with all that, the NRF 52840 is clearly slower. It's about, about you know, half, the, half the update speed for putting up a new a new screen image um, and um, 
which it doesn't appear to really be surprising because the, the NRF 52840 has a slower clock and a slower SPI interface. But again, it's just something to be aware of, and I'll try and do some more better documentation of it um, as time goes on. That's my project for the next next week, I hope. All right, excellent. Yeah. Uh, and that is the end of status updates, which brings us to in the weeds. Okay, uh, so in the weeds is an opportunity for more long form discussions about um, whatever we want to talk about. Um, anything that uh, was covered in status updates and required something longer or things that were not covered in status updates and um, just people wanted to uh, bring up um, and figured it would turn into a more long form discussion. So first up, we have something from Bill and I will turn it over to Bill. Thanks, Katni. Um, so there's a conference in uh, September, and I'm one of the. Our group is one of the groups uh, running it. It's in Pittsburgh, uh, and they reached out to me yesterday. John uh, Flaherty did, and said, "Look, we'd love to have somebody from Adafruit, from the CircuitPython team. From uh, you know, we're using all these devices to create AT, and half the things we make there have your parts in them. Uh, do you think anybody from Adafruit would want to come?" whether to speak or just to be here or so we can thank him kind of stuff. And I suggested Dan, Dan Halbert, uh, or anybody else if Dan can't be there. I, I know we're not going to get Lamore. I, I got that. But um, if there's anybody near uh, Pittsburgh or would like to travel, I, and I actually really like Pittsburgh. I thought it was going to be an armpit, but it's a wonderful town. Um, uh, just let me know. We'd love to have you. Okay. Uh, thanks for letting us know. Oh, and while while we're here, I mm -hmm. just did post something in the um, on the text. If we do switch over to the three point three volt on the Pi portal, I'm not sure we can power it by battery anymore. So it's just something we might want to get somewhere in a note. Oh, okay. Um, good to know. All right. Yeah. Um, excellent. So next up, I have uh. A kind of PSA from Carter. Take it away. Um, sure. Yeah, this is related to the. It happened uh, several times. It's happened in the past, and since it kind of keeps happening, and I'm wondering how well known this is to the general public. So that's why I kind of call it a PSA here. I can. I wrote up a little code block examples, which I will paste in. So basically, it looks like this. So the issue will be on uh, Linux single board computers, um, definitely on a Raspberry Pi, which is the only thing I've used it on, so I'm not really sure how much this goes out, but apparently it's something in the Linux kernel, so I'd imagine to be on any Linux SVC. So in CircuitPython, on a CircuitPython board, you can do the first thing. You can do the two commands, write and read into it, and have a stop equal false. But Linux won't respect that stop equal false, so you have to use that second form with the single command to get a repeated start to work on Linux. So we've, since we have a lot of drivers that have been written prior to Blinka, there's a lot of that first form out there in our drivers, and eventually someone tries them via Blinka on a Linux board, and weird things possibly happen. So it's a pretty simple fix when you run into that to just change to that next form. And that's the gist of it. All just right. Kind of wanted to get that out there. Thanks very much. Um, next up is Sedacious. Hey, so um, I, I don't know if this is a topic or not. I don't think it is. I think we've probably talked about it previously. Um, but I'm working on the VCNL 4040 driver uh, for Arduino, and in doing so, is looking back at the CircuitPython one um, to cheat off of because Cat makes good drivers. <laughs> and um, I ran into looking at the interrupt code and kind of like the, what is it, um, 345, 340, whatever uh, accelerometers. Um, the UVCNL 4040 is a chip that has a shared status register for the interrupts. So there's multiple interrupt types that can be triggered, and um, 
whether or not any one of them has been triggered is all they each have individual bits in a single register. And if you check this register, um, in this case and many other cases, it clears all of the bits, assuming you know what the status is of all of the uh, interrupts and can do something with it. Because most times this is being done by, um, you know, you uh, interrupt pin gets toggled and then you are responding in an ISR or something like that. The problem is when we have interrupt checking functions or um, attributes that check that register for one interrupt type, um, but don't do anything with the rest of the values that might be uh, being stored in that register. Um, so it's possible that you'll you know, check for interrupt type A. Um, interrupt type B will also have been triggered. Um, but when you check for interrupt A, the status of interrupt B will get cleared. So the next time you check for B, you'll get a false, even though it should be true. Um, I handled this in the 345 driver or the 340X driver by stuffing uh, the status of all of the registers into a, uh, a hash or something. Mm -hmm. And then reporting on it um, when they're checked based on the status of what's in there and then clearing them out one by one as needed. Um, I think that probably actually still needs more attention. But the larger thing is, like, how should we handle that? Like, how should we, you know, how do we want to, I want to have a, you know, a consistent way for users to expect these things to work. Um, and I have a cat again. Very chatty today. His name is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise for people that are listening. Anyways, so yeah, um, yeah. So how thoughts, anything people have about this would be great to hear. I mean, how you did it in the other one sounds um, reasonable. I assume um, it's a little outside my wheelhouse. So it's 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 stretching a bit on what, and which I guess my point is, um, you seem to have a handle on it. So why don't you come up with how you want to do it, and we can go through that at that point. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fine. Um, I mean, the basic idea is like there's state that gets lost when you check that register, right? And that can have a bad bad feels for whoever is caring about that state. Um, and, and there's other similar stuff too, where like, um, I mean, we don't need to go into it now, but there are other cases. It seems like we might want to be handling like storing some miscellaneous state in the uh, driver object because we don't do things quite the way, you know, people expected them to be used when they were creating these chips. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and um, probably just put in a PR for the VCNL4040. And then we can discuss it there or bring it up next week or however we want to do it. That sounds good. Um, Katni? Yes. Uh, that might, ex might explain a problem I've been MC 23017. I try to read the the uh, pin change list. Because if, if, if you forget to set the... Uh, you know, or them to get the interrupts together, it doesn't come out right. So that you you finally given me a clue. Okay, um, feel free to. I, I will I will put a issue up about okay. that. Thank you. I get it some time. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you. Go. Cool. All right. Um, excellent. So yeah. So just put something in. We will um, we'll discuss it and uh, come up with what we think is the best option. Since at this point it's something we are designing, so what we want is what it is. Um, so next up, in in the weeds, uh, we have something from Michelle, uh, who has some questions that they would like to discuss. Um, and I will uh, let them put it into the text chat before reading it off. All right, so there's two questions. Um, to give a little context here, um, Michelle is part of a group of uh, Microsoft interns in Vancouver who are working on a project 
related to physical computing, which is uh, they're working on an extension, a CircuitPython related extension for VS Code. Um, and uh, they are looking for some input on that. So the first question is, have you ever used a device simulator for your project, like the ones on make code? And how, how, how did you find it helpful for your project? And the second question is, if you can have a tool with the features of the followings, how would you rank them? Um, and the, the tools that, uh, that are requested to be ranked is a debugger, a device simulator that supports lots of sensors for your board, or deploy to a device, having a better experience for deploying your CircuitPython code to your board without having to install the library and configure the board all manually yourself. You hit a save to board button and it will install it for you. Um, they're currently working on an extension that has a device simulator for Circuit Playground Express um, and are looking for feedback uh, on that to make it uh, as great as they possibly can. So if anyone has any thoughts on that, uh, feel free to type them into the chat or let us know. Um, I don't know if anyone uh, has any immediate feedback or not. All right, so Carter says that uh, for the second question, that uh, deploying to device sounds uh, good. That would be highest ranked for Carter. Uh, Bill says step debugging is uh, his number one um, request. Uh, Sedacious says uh, deploy to device, debugger, and device simulator in that order. Um, Uh, Summersoft says that he sparsely used a device simulator previously and that he agrees the deploy device uh, would be his top option as well. Uh, Dave P says I've used Android device simulators, fairly helpful for, uh, fairly helpful, and for the three steps I would rank two, one, three in that order. So hopefully Michelle that uh, gives you some feedback and helps you out. Um, did you guys, Michelle, did you guys post this, these questions to anywhere at a link, um, like a survey or anything to that effect? Okay. If you do, uh, feel free to post it to this channel. Um, we will include it in the newsletter as well uh, when we can. Um, and uh, do that. Hey, C. Grover, welcome late. Um, all right, I think we are good to go. C. Grover is typing. Ah, just typing responses. Um, excellent. Okay, well, I think we've reached the end of In the Weeds as well, uh, so it's time to wrap up. Uh, this has been the CircuitPython Weekly for, wait for it, June 24th, 2019. Um, I want to say thank you to all of our new people that attended today. Uh, we're really great. Um, it's really great to have you. Uh, lurking is a fantastic way to join us. Um, we love lurkers. So you can always feel free to listen in uh, anytime you want. Um, and if you feel like um, actually uh, talking with us, that is also um, a great thing. So uh, this, is, this weekly is held most Mondays um, at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are available all week on the Adafruit Discord server at adafru.it slash discord. Um, so if you want to join us anytime during the week, feel free. Um, once again, this will go up on YouTube and to many podcast services, uh, as well as the notes will be added to a GitHub repo. So you have many opportunities 
to listen to this later um, if you choose or listen to or read about this later if you choose to do so. So thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you next week.